booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. You heard that right. Frank of a different name. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Diaz. Bear with me. Feeling a little bit under the weather, but we'll get through this today. Here's your top five at five. This this is the top five at five. President Biden yesterday admitted that he hasn't done enough to ease the COVID tested demand, vowing that he will do better. Well, this sounds pretty scary. A new report from Bloomberg says the virus that causes COVID-19 can spread to a patient's heart and brain days after infection. Ouch. Russia's deputy foreign minister is comparing Moscow's standoff with the West over a possible invasion of Ukraine to 1962's Cuban Missile Crisis. We'll talk about a collision course. The United Nations complaint says that China's SpaceX station has twice been forced to evade Elon Musk's small SpaceX satellites. Many parents are shocked to find out that 5 to 11-year-olds can't get into restaurants without being vaccinated against the coronavirus. And the rule is about to get even tougher. President Joe Biden Monday admitted that his administration hasn't really done enough to ease the COVID testing demand, vowing to do better. In a meeting with 25 of the nation's governors, Biden acknowledged that the long lines around the country as people try to get COVID tests ahead of the holidays, saying clearly his administration has more work to do. Omicron is a source of concern, but it should not be a source of panic. If you're fully vaccinated, you get your booster shot and you're highly protected. If you're unvaccinated, you're at a high risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, being hospitalized, and in rare cases, even dying. And this is not like March of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. We're prepared and we know what it takes to save lives, protect people, and keep schools and businesses open. We just have to stay focused and continue to work together. Biden told the governors, a mix of Republicans and Democrats, that there was no federal solution to an Omicron causing cases to spike around the country, saying the solution was solidly on a state level. His message to the governor is, if you need something, say something. We're going to have your back. The president joined his COVID-19 response team's meeting with the governors the first time he has done so. Well, a new report from Bloomberg says the virus that causes COVID-19 can spread to a patient's heart and brain just days after the infection. According to a new study, it can also survive for months in organs, shedding light on the so-called, quote, long COVID. The report from Bloomberg shows scientists at the U.S. National Institutes of Health in Maryland studied tissues taken from about 44 people who had died after contracting the illness during the first year of the pandemic in the U.S. They discovered the coronavirus in various parts of the body, including the heart and brain, for as long as 230 days after the onset of symptoms. The delayed viral clearance was cited as a possible contributor to long-haul COVID, also called, quote, post-acute sequel of of SARS-CoV-2, which is defined by the CDC as a range of long-lasting symptoms among patients. Now, Russia's deputy foreign minister has compared Moscow's standoff with the West over a possible invasion of Ukraine to 1962's Cuban Missile Crisis. This was the 10th 1962 confrontation between the U.S. and the Soviet Union that led the world to the brink of nuclear war. Asked if he was exaggerating by comparing the Ukraine situation to the stalemate over the deployment of Soviet missiles in Cuba, Sergei Ryabkov told Russian media, quote, no, not too much. Russian President Vladimir Putin has demanded that the U.S. and its European allies guarantee that Ukraine will not allowed to be.
be joined to join NATO. He's also requesting that the alliance will not place troops or install missile systems inside the former Soviet Republic. The U.S. and its allies have refused to offer Putin the security guarantees, but they've said they'd be willing to talk. Well, a close call for Elon Musk in a United Nations complaint. China's space station has twice been forced to take evasive action to avoid colliding with small satellites launched by Musk's SpaceX space company. Well, the note says that in incidents in July and October, SpaceX satellites drifted perilously close to China's space station, potentially putting the, quote, life or health of astronauts on board in danger. For safety reasons, the China space station implemented preventative collision avoidance control, China said. The small satellites involved in the alleged incidents were among nearly 2,000 that have been launched by SpaceX Starlink Internet Services Division. The service beams down the Internet to earthbound customers in remote areas who have little access to traditional Internet service providers. Well, parents got a bit of a rude awakening this week as some planned to dine out with their kids in the city yesterday. Many were shocked to find out that 5 to 11-year-olds can't get into restaurants without being vaccinated against the coronavirus. And the rule is about to get even tougher. An update to the key to New York City vaccination mandate that Bill de Blasio announced earlier this month required that all children 12 and up be fully vaccinated with either two doses of Moderna or Pfizer formulations or one of Johnson & Johnson's to enter restaurants, gyms and movie theaters or other entertainment venues as of December 14th. While many restaurant owners are feeling the impact of the mandates, here's one on Fox News. Look, let's be clear about one thing. We opened in the pandemic. We opened September 1st of last year. We have not even known a world that was not a pandemic business operating situation. And we have pivoted every which way from Sunday. And yet again, the mayor instills another harsh penalty for small businesses. Five to 11 year olds only needed one dose, but will need to be fully vaccinated as of Wednesday. Well, 77 WABC time check. It's just about 5.07. You know what that means. Brandy Scott's got your traffic and transit. Well, some overnight rain could see some slick and icy patches out there on the roads. Right now, no big delays heading inbound across the Hudson River. Great ride at the George Lincoln and Holland. Overnight road work just cleared inbound at the Verrazano. Access again to the lower deck heading into Brooklyn. Inbound Gowanus, nice and quiet, heading over to the BQE from Fort Hamilton Parkway. Deegan southbound, take it easy, exiting for the Cross Bronx. We've got some debris on that ramp in the right lane. Alternate side in effect today and mass transit g Trains are back on time. Track maintenance has been picked up by 21st Street in Queens. This report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Dear Team UPS, you did it again. You did the early mornings and night shifts. You did it for your family, community, and country. You delivered everything from birthday gifts to life-saving vaccines. Thank you to every UPSer. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brandy Scott, thank you very much. Yeah, I hate the G train. This is why I don't go to Brooklyn very often because it's probably the worst train in the subway system other than the L. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. All right, let's get a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, we got some increasing clouds with a high near 51. So it's going to warm up just a little bit Tuesday night. It's going to rain a little bit, most likely, probably after about 7 o'clock. Cloudy with a low around 39. Right now, it's about 36 degrees and overcast. 
Well, the CDC cut the recommended isolation time for people with COVID-19 from 10 days to 5 days on Monday amid a surge in Omicron cases nationwide. The updated guidance comes as industries are experiencing severe staffing shortages because of Omicron cases. Multiple airlines have delayed or canceled hundreds of flights nationwide at the height of the Christmas travel season. Here is Dr. Anthony Fauci. The sheer volume and number of cases with Omicron, which is very much more transmissible than prior variants, we don't want to get into a situation where so many people are out from their jobs, many of which are essential jobs to keep society running smoothly. So the decision on the part of the CDC is a really prudent and good decision, and it's based on science because the chances of virus being shedded in the first five days is much greater than in the second five days following infection. Individuals who are infected may now isolate themselves for just five days if they're asymptomatic, followed by five days of wearing a mask when other people are around. In addition, only people who have received a booster shot are exempted from quarantine after being exposed to COVID-19. For everyone else, including people who are six months out from their second mRNA dose or two months out from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, a five-day quarantine period is now recommended instead of 10 days. Dr. Fauci is also recommending Monday that Americans, quote, stay away from large New Year's parties this year due to the spike in Omicron cases. I would stay away from that. I mean, I I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives. But when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating. You do not know the status of their vaccination, I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be other years to do that, but not this year. The increase in cases and fears of subsequent strain on hospitals has led New York City officials to cap attendance at 15,000 for Friday night's Times Square ball drop, as well as require that attendees be vaccinated and wear masks. Earlier Monday, Fauci also suggested the implementation of a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel after millions took to the skies to celebrate the holidays this year. In an interview with ABC News Sunday, Fauci said that a vaccination requirement for travel is, quote, just another level of getting people to have a mechanism that would spur them to get vaccinated. Anything that could get more people vaccinated would be welcome. Last week, President Biden told ABC World News Tonight anchor David Muir that a vaccination requirement for domestic travel had been considered by the administration. Well, the U.S. is experiencing yet another winter COVID surge with the situation expected to only worsen over in the few weeks following Christmas and New Year's. According to data from Johns Hopkins University, the U.S. is averaging just over 180,000 cases every day, with that number set to increase in the coming days due to report lags during the holiday season. The CDC reports that nearly three out of every four cases, or 73 percent, are of Omicron. Deaths have slightly risen over the past two weeks, up 3% to just over 1,300 over the last 14 days, though not nearly at the rate of cases. This could signal that the new strain is more mild than many others, which many officials believe is the case, or that a surge in deaths caused by the virus is right around the corner. New York, the hardest struck state by the new strain, with 167 out of one every 100,000 residents testing positive for the virus every day a 238% increase over the past two weeks. Here's Governor Kathy Hochul on the hospitalization rate. 
You can see, though, the hospitalizations are continuing to spike upwards. You get some comfort in seeing we're not where we were in April 2020. We're not where we were in January of 2021. But it is going upwards, and that is something that we are very cognizant of and have been anticipating and preparing for. New York has the highest infection rate in the United States. Well, here's some numbers and how your leaders are actually doing. A new poll says President Joe Biden's job approval rating is now lower than that of several of his top deputies, including Vice President Kamala Harris and Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's ranked toward the bottom of a list of federal officials that also includes GOP congressional leaders like House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. With a dismal 43% approval rating, Biden is the ninth highest ranked out of 11 leaders, respondents of to a Gallup poll taken this month. However, his disapproval rating of 51% is still lower than Harris's 54-point negative job rating. Below the president are only House Speaker Nancy Pelosi with 40% and Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell at 34%. Topping the list, however, is Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. Six out of ten Americans approve of the job he's doing leading the high court. Well, another poll indicates that self-described independent voters would prefer, by an 18 percentage point margin, that Republicans regain control of Congress in the next year's midterm elections. The poll by John Zogby Strategies, Strategies, excuse me, released last week, found that 45 percent of independents want the GOP in charge of the House and Senate, compared to 27 percent who want Democrats to keep the majority. The remaining 28% said they were undecided. The same survey found that Republicans held a three-point advantage, 46% to 43% on the generic congressional ballot. The Biden's approval numbers plummeting during his first year in office as the White House grappled with several crises, including the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal, supply chain backlogs, new COVID-19 variants, and inflation. Well, some more on Senator Mitch McConnell. That Gallup poll released Monday shows McConnell is losing GOP support less than a year until the 2022 midterm elections. But while the three top Democrats in government found majority support among their own party voters, the Kentucky Republican is trailing in the GOP sphere. Just 46 percent of McConnell's fellow Republicans approve of his job in the Senate, while a decisive 52 point majority disapprove. The overwhelming dissatisfaction in the Senate's longest-serving GOP leader could have him in a vulnerable vulnerable position, especially with Donald Trump and his supporters hammering away at McConnell's credibility for months. In contrast to McConnell's numbers, his House counterpart, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, polls the highest among any congressional leader of either party listed in the survey. All right, 77 WABC time check. It's just about 5.15. You know what that means. Mike Garcia is here to throw a football at my head and make this uh, whatever the hell it is go away. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like, whatever is going on with you, like, you come in with a coat and everything. Like, are you freezing right I'm now? I'm cold, man. <laughs> I'm so cold. Yeah, it has been a wintry season so far. Good morning, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Mike Garcia, here with your early news sports update. Week 16 concluded last night as the Miami Dolphins jumped up to the number 7 seed in the AFC division by beating the Saints 20-3. It was a dominant victory for them as they now won 7 straight games after overcoming a 7-game losing streak. So, just get this. Losing 7, won 7, and is now number 7 in the spot. Gotta play the lottery now. Lucky number seven. We gotta play the lottery. Spectacular. Spectacular. Oh my goodness. All thanks to all thanks goes to not only their defense, but to wide receiver Jalen Waddle, who is now arguably their rookie of the year. Let's now go over to our local teams. The Brooklyn Nets continued their vintage performance by beating the LA Clippers 124 to 108 last night. Tonight, however, New York Knicks will now go against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
at 8 p.m. So mark your calendars and mark your timers down. NHL is also back tonight, but our teams, our local teams, will have to be resuming tomorrow night, and hopefully COVID will be taking a back seat this time with no interruptions. Rangers against the Panthers, Islanders against the Red Wings, and the Devils against the Sabres. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Is it the spring yet? Because I really want baseball to come back. I guess not. I still got a few more months. Yeah, there's always that. Mike Garcia, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Just about 517. You know what that means? Traffic and transit with Brandy Scott. Well, we're slowing down a little bit on the BQE westbound, approaching Flushing Avenue, a stall out there in the left lane. After that, you've got a great ride heading over to the Brooklyn Bridge. LIE westbound, nice and quiet, no issues heading over to the BQE from the Cross Island. Just a little bit slow on the Clearview southbound, volume heading over to the Grand Central. Looking pretty good if you're heading across the East River at both the Throgs Neck and Whitestone Bridges moving into the Bronx. Cross Bronx in great shape heading to the outbound George from the Bruckner through to underneath the apartments. No delays on the inbound side for both the upper and lower decks. Also looking good inbound at the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels. Alternate side in effect today, and Mass Transit is on or close. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brandy Scott, thank you so much. All right, some more news for you. President Biden claimed Monday. Oh, actually, before we get to that, let's get to your forecast at the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, we got some increasing clouds with a high near 51, so it's getting a little bit warmer. Tuesday night, rain likely probably after 7 o'clock, cloudy with a low around 39. Right now, it's in the high 30s and overcast. Well, more on that story about President Biden. He's claiming that his his administration didn't reject a plan in October that called for mass distribution of free at-home COVID-19 tests before Christmas, even though his team declined to adopt the idea. Hours later, the White House claimed Biden was telling the truth because although the administration rebuffed plans to mass mail free tests before the holidays, they're doing so now. Biden has repeatedly expressed regret about not acting more quickly to make free tests more widely available. Last week, he announced a plan to make about 500 million tests available to Americans through direct order, but the initiative won't begin until next month. We quadruple the number of pharmacies offering a free test, and there are now more than 20,000 places where you can get tested for free. For over-the-counter at-home tests, as I said, there, there, there were none when we took office. None. Now we have eight on the market, and just three days ago, another test was cleared. We went from no over-the-counter tests in January to 46 million, 100 million in November, and almost 200 million in December. But it's not enough. It's clearly not enough. If I'd we'd known, we would have gone harder, quicker. If we could have. Meanwhile, retailers have sold out of test kits, and massive lines have formed at official test sites in major cities. Let's take a look at what your wallet's doing today. I know mine is uh, not that great. U.S. stock benchmarks finished higher Monday as consumer spending during the holidays and gains in technology and energy shares helped to push the S&P 500 to records. Equity indexes booked gains even as travel-related names slumped after surging COVID-19 cases triggered hundreds of U.S. flights to be scrapped over the holiday weekend. The S&P 500 rose about 1.4% to a record of just over 4,700 to finish. The Dow Jones Industrial Average climbed about 1% to end at just over 36,300, its fourth highest close ever. NASDAQ Composite, your tech-heavy NASDAQ Composite climbed about 1.4%, closing at nearly 16,000. Asian shares are mixed today as optimism set off by Wall Street's rally was dampened by concerns over the potential impact of Omicron. 
Well, grocery shopping is going to get a little more expensive, I would know, because I do it almost every day. A new report says a fresh wave of supermarket price hikes is expected to begin next month, raising prices anywhere from 2% to 20% on a slew of staples, including pasta, condiments, soups, cookies, produce, dairy products, and meats, so basically all the good things. According to the Wall Street Journal, the inflation rate of 6.8% as of November, the highest rate increase in 39 years, shows no signs of slowing down with food manufacturers preparing to raise their prices once again. Persistently, supply chain disruptions and increasing labor costs are a major factor in the increases. Kraft Heinz, which makes Oscar Mayer lunch meats, Kraft macaroni and cheese, and Jell-O pudding, again, all the good things, told retailers that it's planning to raise prices on some items by as much as 20%. Well, this sounds pretty wild. Researchers say that China has developed an artificial intelligence prosecutor that can charge people with crimes to more than 97% accuracy. The dystopian machine can identify dissent against the state and suggest sentences for supposed criminals, removing people from the prosecution process. There are already fears the system could be weaponized by China with human prosecutors concerned about who would take responsibility for the AI's decisions. The project's lead scientist says the AI would allow human prosecutors to ease their workload and allow them to only focus on the more complex cases. The system could run on a standard desktop computer and would press charges based on 1,000 traits from the human-generated case description text that sounds weird i mean are we gonna is it is this the time of uh no people in courtrooms anymore all right some stories that are uh you know local mayor de blasio says that new york city's hospitalization rate more than doubled during the past two weeks with the number of patients suspected of suffering from covid19 spiking intensely the most recent data shows the seven-day average of number of people hospitalized per 100,000 hit 3.7 on Christmas Day, up from the fewer than 1.5 on December 12th, according to a chart the mayor displayed during a remote, be- a remote briefing at City Hall. De Blasio said that 296 patients in hospital beds were believed to be infected with the Omicron coronavirus variant amid the ongoing spread of it. De Blasio also said that the latest daily report showed just over 17,000 new positive test results in the city, which he called a, quote, staggering figure. That should serve as a powerful, powerful reminder once again to get everyone vaccinated, everyone boosted as quickly as possible. Despite the numbers, de Blasio remained optimistic. Our hospitals are doing remarkably well. We have real challenges, but what's striking is how different, thank God, how different the Omicron experience is than even last winter, let alone uh, the spring of 2020. So definitely some pressure on our hospitals, uh, definitely a challenge, but much different than what we experienced in the past in terms of the impact it's having on people. Our hospitals are holding it together here in the city, and God bless everyone, all our healthcare heroes who are doing that work. Governor Kathy Hochul says statewide hospitalization surged 11% in just one day, from just from nearly five forty nine hundred on Christmas to just over fifty five hundred Sunday. Well, hospitalizations among children have also doubled throughout the state and increased fivefold in the city. The state saw just over just nearly twenty six thousand eight hundred people test positive for the virus as of Monday, but Hochul expects that the number to rise as more people get tested following the holiday. New York health officials are now urging parents to get their children vaccinated. Here's Governor Kathy Hochul. With respect to our young people, parents, I'm calling on you. This is the time you have the kids home from school. There's plenty of vaccination opportunities from your pediatrician to a site set up by the state of New York, uh, our urgent care centers, so many places, drugstores, where you can go get your child vaccinated before they get back to school. Please do this for them. We've Now we know that uh, children 
11 to 4, uh, I'm sorry, 5 to 11 year olds. Using this time to get this done is really smart. Meanwhile, the city Monday imposed its vaccine mandate for all private sector employees and will now require all children 12 and older to show proof of vaccines to eat inside restaurants and go to movie theaters. Mayor de Blasio is still planning on holding a scaled down version of New Year's Eve. Well, de Blasio's sweeping mandate requiring nearly all private sector businesses to ban unvaccinated employees from the workplace has taken effect amid a spike in infections. Workers at roughly 184,000 businesses were required to show proof that they received at least one dose of COVID-19's vaccine starting Monday just before de Blasio is leaving office. Here's de Blasio on MSNBC. We got to get out of the COVID era. Uh, today, historic day for New York City, we're implementing the strongest vaccine mandate in the country, all private sector employers today. This is what we need to do everywhere. Every mayor, every governor, every CEO in America should do vaccine mandates now because we have got to. 2022 has to be a year we leave COVID behind. If we're going to fix public safety, we actually have to first get out of the COVID era. Well, the new rules raise concerns from further worker shortages, even as scores of businesses in the city shudder due to staff outbreaks or exposure. Businesses that don't comply could face fines starting at $1,000 under the order, but de Blasio has said imposing penalties will be a last resort. The sweeping order provoked the ire of de Blasio's successor, Mayor-elect Eric Adams, who takes office on New Year's Day and called the 11th hour imposition of the rule a big F.U. to his incoming administration. Well, a new proposal in New York would be able to hold social media companies accountable for promoting disinformation, eating disorders, and other unlawful content that could harm others. The new bill, sponsored by State Senator Brad Hoyleman, comes as lawmakers across the country scramble to address harms attributed to Facebook and Instagram, which were exposed in a series of leaks by whistleblower Francis Haugen earlier this year. Under Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act, tech companies are now protected from being held liable for the con content posted by users and how they police it. Eric Goldman, an Internet law professor at Santa Clara University School of Law in Silicon Valley, says, quote, COVID misinformation, political misinformation, and many other categories of false or harmful information are protected by the First Amendment. Hoyleman's bill tries to ex distinguish between sites allowing users to post certain content and promoting that content by recommending it through features like Instagram's Explore page and YouTube's recommendations. However, Golden believes that the distinction wouldn't really hold up in court. 77 WABC, time check. It's about 527. Brandy Scott's got your rose and rails. Well, we've got some foggy conditions in the Hudson Valley. Definitely we want to plan some extra time if you're heading across the Hudson River over at the Newburgh Beacon, Bear Mountain, and Tappan Zee Bridges. Looking pretty good on the Cross Bronx, heading to the outbound George. Nice and quiet from the Sheridan through to underneath the apartments. No delays on the inbound side for both the upper and lower decks. Still looking pretty good inbound at the Lincoln and Holland tunnels. BQE westbound, a stall in the left lane by Flushing Avenue. Just a little bit sluggish from Kent Avenue over in New Jersey. Turnpike Western Spur southbound by 15E in Newark. Broken down tractor trailer out there in the right lane. Some minor delays heading over to 1 and 9 from 280. This report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Dear Team UPS, you did it again. You did the early mornings and night shifts. You did it for your family and community. You delivered everything from birthday gifts to life-saving vaccines. Thank you to each and every UPS, sir. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brandy, thank you so much.
Let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, some increasing clouds with a high near 51, so it's going to get a little bit warmer, but not by much. Tuesday night, some rain is likely after like 7 o'clock. Cloudy with a low around 39. Right now, it's in the high 30s and overcast. I don't know why I would ever say like after 7 p.m. That just sounds totally incomprehensible. Well, the Brooklyn bodybuilder accused of shooting his parents at their sprawling Long Island estate Christmas morning gave a stone-cold dead stare for his police mugshot. Nassau County cops say Dino Tomasetti, a personal trainer from East Williamsburg, shot both his mother and father Saturday morning. Gives you the Menendez brothers vibes. I don't think so. Dino then allegedly fled his parents' $3.2 million home in a 2017 white Cadillac Escalade, which a pal said he believes the suspect's dad gifted him. So as to say, state police tracked the car using GPS. Yes, and contacted the Mawa Police Department for assistance when Dino reached the area. His parents underwent surgery for their wounds. The father is reportedly in a more serious condition. Well, about 5,000 flights have been delayed, and just over 1,100 have been canceled across the U.S. Monday as Omicron continues to surge. Tracker FlightAware says across the globe almost 12,000 flights are late, and about 3,000 have been Next, among the airlines reporting disruptions are United, JetBlue, American, Alaskan, Delta, and Southwest, as, many, as well as many other international carriers. Delta has one flight, $2,100, from here to Minnesota, Minnesota to Seattle, Seattle to Eugene, tomorrow at midnight. So we're stuck here. We don't know what's going to happen, so we're just hoping and praying that we can get on a flight today, no later than tomorrow. The disruptions came after more than 8,400 flights were impacted Sunday and just over 4,200 were canceled or delayed Christmas Day, leaving travelers frustrated amid the holiday weekend. Delta, United, and JetBlue have blamed Omicron for staffing challenges that led to the disruptions. All right, it's just about 5.30. Coming up, your top five at 5.30. We'll be right back. Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. That's right. It's just about 5.32. It is 77 WABC Early News. I am Frank Diaz, as usual. Not Frank Morano. That's the one that's that's earlier. So, you know, sometimes you... So, uh, here's your top five at 5.30. It's the top five at 530. Well, President Biden yesterday admitted that he hasn't done enough to erase the COVID testing demand, vowing that he'll do better. Well, this sounds pretty scary. A new report from Bloomberg says the virus that causes COVID-19, which is SARS-CoV-2, can spread to a patient's heart and brain days after infection. Russia's deputy foreign minister is comparing Moscow's standoff with the West over a possible invasion of Ukraine to 1962's Cuban Missile Crisis. I'll talk about a collision course. The United Nations complaints as China's space station has twice been forced to evade Elon Musk's small SpaceX satellites. Many parents are shocked to find out that 5 to 11-year-olds can't get into restaurants without being vaccinated against the coronavirus, and the rule is about to get even tougher. President Joe Biden Monday admitted that his administration hasn't really done enough to ease the COVID testing demand and vowed to do better. In a meeting with about 25 of the nation's governors, Biden acknowledged that the long lines around the country as people try to get COVID tests ahead of the holidays, saying clearly his administration has more work to do. Omicron is a source of concern, but it should not be a source of panic. 
If you're fully vaccinated, you get your booster shot and you're highly protected. If you're unvaccinated, you're at a high risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, being hospitalized and in rare cases even dying. And this is not like March of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. We're prepared and we know what it takes to save lives, protect people and keep schools and businesses open. We just have to stay focused and continue to work together. Well, Biden told the governor is a mix of Republicans and Democrats. There was no federal solution to Omicron causing cases to spike around the country, saying the solution was solidly on a state level. His message to the governor is if you need something, say something. We are going to have your back. President joined his COVID-19 response team's meeting with the governor is the first time he's done so. Well, a new report from Bloomberg says the virus that causes COVID-19 can spread to a patient's heart and brain days after infection. Sounds like something out of a zombie movie. According to the new study, it can also survive for months in organs, shedding light on the so-called long COVID. The report from Bloomberg shows scientists at the U.S. National Institutes of Health in Maryland studied tissues taken from 44 people who died after contracting the illness during the first year of the pandemic. They discovered that the coronavirus in various parts of the body including the heart and brain, for as long as 230 days after the onset of symptoms the delayed viral clearance was cited as a possible contributor to long haul by COVID. Also called, quote, post-acute sequel of SARS-CoV-2, which is defined by the CDC as a range of long-lasting symptoms among patients. Russia's deputy foreign minister has compared Moscow's standoff with the West over a possible invasion of Ukraine, to the Cuban Missile Crisis, this was the tense 1962 confrontation between the U.S. and the Soviet Union that led to the world led the world to the brink of nuclear war. Asked if he was exaggerating by comparing the Ukraine situation to the stalemate over the deployment of Soviet missiles in Cuba, Sergei Ryabkov told Russian media, "Quote: No, not too much." Russian President Vladimir Putin has demanded that the U.S. and its European allies guarantee that Ukraine will not be allowed to join NATO. He's also requesting that the alliance will not place troops or install missile systems inside the former Soviet Republic. The U.S. and its allies have refused to offer Putin the security guarantees, but have said they'd be willing to talk. Well, a close call for Elon Musk in the United Nations complaint. China's space station has twice been forced to take evasive action to avoid colliding with small satellites launched by Musk's SpaceX. The note says that in incidents in July and October, SpaceX satellites drifted perilously close to China's space station, potentially putting the, quote, life or health of astronauts on board in danger. Quote, for safety reasons, the China space station implemented preventative collision avoidance control, China said. The small satellites involved in the alleged incidents were among nearly 2,000 that have been launched by SpaceX's Starlink Internet Services Division. The service beams down the the Internet to earthbound customers in remote areas who have little access to traditional Internet service providers. Well, it's just about 5.37. You know what that means. It's time for your traffic and transit with Brandy Scott. Well, it's a rough ride on the southern state heading westbound, approaching 106 in Hempstead. A collision out there blocking two lanes. Traffic is bumper to bumper from the Wanta. After that, you're looking pretty good approaching the belt. Great ride on the belt, both east and westbound, heading over to JFK. Just a little bit slow on the LIE westbound, heading over to the Grand Central. After that, you're up to speed, moving toward the BQE. Delays are building on the BQE westbound, heading over to Flushing Avenue. Stall out there in the left lane. It's a stop-and-go ride from the 
Williamsburg Bridge. Eastbound picking up some minor delays heading over to Atlantic Avenue from the inbound Gowanus. Still in great shape if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Hollands. Mass transit on or close and alternate side in effect today. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brandy Scott, thank you very much. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Miles, the Weather Center. Some clouds today with a high near 51, so it's going to get a little bit warmer. Not by much, though. Tonight, rain likely after about 7 o'clock. Cloudy with a low around 39. Right now, it's in the high 30s and overcast. Well, parents got a bit of a rude awakening this week as some plan to dine out with their kids in the city on Monday. Many were shocked to find out that 5- to 11-year-olds can't get into restaurants without being vaccinated against the coronavirus, and the rule is about to get even tougher. An update to the key to New York City vaccination mandate that Bill de Blasio announced earlier this month required that all children 12 and up be fully vaccinated with either two doses of Moderna or Pfizer or one of Johnson & Johnson's to enter restaurants, gyms, and movie theaters or other entertainment venues as of December 14th. Many restaurant owners are feeling the impact of the mandates. Here's one who was on Fox News. Look, let's be clear about one thing. We opened in the pandemic. We opened September 1st of last year. We have not even known a world that was not a pandemic business operating situation. And we have pivoted every which way from Sunday. And yet again, the mayor instills another harsh penalty for small businesses. Anytime somebody says pivot, I just think of friends. Well, 5 to 11-year-olds only need one dose, but will need to be fully vaccinated as of Wednesday. Well, Vice President Kamala Harris has said she felt frustration during a rocky interview earlier this month with radio and TV host Charlemagne the God, during which she, she was asked who the, quote, real president of the United States was. CBS News' Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan suggested to Harris in an interview that aired Sunday that the vice president had experienced a, quote, flash of anger during the sit-down before playing a clip of the exchange. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? Madam Vice President. Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. It's Joe. And don't start talking like a Republican about <laughs> asking whether or not he's president. Do, it's Joe Biden. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and it's Joe Biden. And it's Joe Biden. And I'm Vice President. And my name is Kamala Harris. The CBS host then compared Harris's outburst to similar emotions she expressed during the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh in 2018. I don't like unfairness. And um, that is one of the things that will kind of cause me to say, okay, you know, some things are fairly innocuous, but unfairness in a way that can be hurtful mm-hmm. to someone, I... I you know, that's why I became a prosecutor, you know. I, um, Do you think uh, you are judged fairly? I will leave others to, to make that decision. The Comedy Central interview with Harris aired two days before Joe Manchin appeared on Fox News Sunday and announced he would vote no on the current version of President Biden's Build Back Better bill. Well, speaking of Manchin's decision, Representative Pramila Jayapal is calling on Joe Biden to use executive action to bypass Congress to pass his $1.75 trillion Build Back Better plan. In an op-ed Sunday, the Progressive Caucus chair wrote, quote, We are calling on the president to use executive action to immediately improve people's lives. 
She added, quote, taking executive action will also make clear to those who hinder Build Back Better that the White House and Democrats will deliver for Americans. Jayapal called Manchin's December 20th comments a, quote, stunning rebuke of his own party's president and claimed that he went back on his commitment to continue negotiations. Despite this, President Biden says there's no grudges being held. Some people think maybe I'm not Irish because I don't hold a grudge. Look, I want to get things done. I still think there's a possibility of getting a bill back better done. And what I don't want to do is get into And Joe went on TV today, and uh, I don't know whether it's TV or not. I'm told he was speaking to the Liberal caucus in the House and said, Joe Biden didn't mislead you. I misled Manchin support for the proposal is crucial in a 50-50 split Senate where the president needs all members of his party on board to pass his ambitious agenda. Well, five men associated with the far-right Wolverine Watchmen militia group are asking a judge to dismiss charges of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer after claiming that the FBI made the plan up and then tried to trap them in a conspiracy. The five men were arrested on October 8th of last year after allegedly hatching the plot because they were upset with Whitmer's COVID-19 restrictions. All five men, or all six men, I should say, are currently in custody. Oh, here's one of the men in a video of the would-be kidnappers. I'll warn you, it's pretty expletive-laden. I'm going to make this 100% clear, dude. If this goes down, okay, if, if this whole thing, you know, starts to happen, I'm telling you what, dude, I'm taking out as many of those as I can. Every single one, dude. Every single one. And if you guys are going to give any of these a chance, any of these gang criminal government thugs that rob people every day, if you're even going to give them a second to try to speak or tell their story, don't even with me, dude. Don't even with me. I think I counted like 150 bleeps in there. According to a federal complaint, they plan to snatch Whitmer from her vacation home and secret her away in an undisclosed location. The attorneys claimed in their December 25th filing that if it weren't for an FBI informant embedded with the group known only as Dan, who encouraged the plot and promised to fund it through a charity organization, the men would never have done it on their own. There were 12 confidential informants involved with the investigation who the lawyers say recruited, agitated, and funded the movement. Well, the Biden administration Monday said that U.S. diplomats are going to going to Beijing to support athletes at the Winter Olympics but not attend the Games. This comes after a top Chinese government propagandist claimed that the move shows that Bi- President Biden's diplomatic boycott is a, quote, farce. The Chinese foreign ministry said Monday that it received at least 18 U.S. applications for diplomatic visas. The South China Morning Post reported that another 40 may come in ahead of the February 4th opening ceremonies. The State Department and the White House National Security Council said late Monday that there had been no change to Biden's diplomatic boycott. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesman who is infamous for spreading misinformation about COVID-19 beginning in the U.S. rather than in Wuhan said that the diplomatic visa show Biden's boycott was a, quote, farce. Well, a new report says President Biden's newly confirmed ambassador to the nation of Bahrain has been accused of making disparaging remarks about Arabs and treating his staff like, quote, garbage. Political reported Monday that Stephen Bondi's inappropriate behavior toward his own staff even caught the eye of Abu Dhabi Crown Prince MZ, MBZ, excuse me, according to the outlet. The senior Trump White House official asked MZB, 
MBZ, excuse me, his thoughts on Bondi, who was then serving as charge d'affaires and deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in the United Arab Emirates following a meeting in March 2018. Bondi was confirmed by the U.S. Senate in a voice vote earlier this month alongside dozens of other ambassadorial nominees who had been held up by Republicans in return for political concessions. Politico noted that none of the claims against Bondi were made to senators, their staffers, or other officials and were only brought to the media ahead of a final confirmation vote. Well, it's just about 5.45. You know, that means Mike Garcia is going to hit a home run right in my face and probably break my nose. What's going on, Mike? Oh, that will never, ever happen. You're twice, as, you're twice the size is bigger than me. Yeah, well, you know. You're a big bear. That'll probably clear out my sinuses right now. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Mike Garcia, here with your early news sports update. Week 16 concluded last night as the Miami Dolphins jumped to the number 7 seed in the AFC division by beating the Saints 20-3. to It was a dominant victory for them as they now won seven straight games after overcoming a seven-game losing streak. Now, folks, losing seven winning seven, and is now number seven. If that is not a sign for you guys to go out there and play the lottery, maybe get lucky tonight or whenever the the lottery is going to happen. I'll stick to my scratch-offs. You'll... <laughs> <laughs> Spectacular! Yeah, just, just, just no, just no. Play the numbers, man. Be, be creative. Be adventurous. Well, one of these days, you know, nothing will, nothing will beat the time, the day after nine eleven, where I went to McDonald's and got breakfast, and it said nine eleven on the, on the receipt. Oh God, that's, that's bad omen for you if that's the case. <laughs> All thanks goes to not only their defense, but to wide receiver Jalen Waddle, who is now arguably their rookie of the year. Let's now go over to our local teams. The Brooklyn Nets continued their vintage performance by beating the LA Clippers 124-108 to last night. But tonight at 8 p.m., guys, mark your calendars now. Set your timers up. New York Knicks will now go against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. That might be a spectacular game. NHL is also back spectacular. tonight. Spectacular! <laughs> NHL is also back tonight, but our teams will be resuming tomorrow night, and hopefully COVID will be taking a back seat this time with no interruptions. Here's this. Rangers against the Panthers, Islanders against the Red Wings, and the Devils against the Sabres. Whoever is going to win is completely up to them. That's your early news sports report update. And I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Mike Garcia, thank you very much. You got it. All right, it's just about 547. You know what that means. Brandy Scott's got your traffic and transit. Well, northbound Cross Island, we've got a stall on the ramp to Linden Boulevard, taking out the right lane, not really causing an issue so far. Still have that broken down car, though, on the BQE westbound in the left lane by Flushing Avenue. That is you backed up to the Williamsburg Bridge. Some minor slowdowns on the LIE westbound, heading over to Queens Boulevard from the Grand Central. Collision on the Southern State westbound, bumper to bumper, heading over to 106 in Hempstead. Two lanes are out there. Delays go back to the Wanta. You're looking pretty good on the Cross Bronx, heading over to the the outbound George up to speed from the Bruckner through to underneath the apartments. No, no big delays on the inbound side at the George as well. You're in great shape on both the upper and lower decks. Moving well inbound at the Lincoln and Holland tunnels. Alternate side in effect today. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Need new hires in the new year? Well, you need Indeed to help you find your next great hire. When you sponsor a post, you get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brandy Scott, thank you very much. All right, let's look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, increasing clouds, the high of near 51 Tuesday night. Some rain most likely after 7 o'clock, cloudy with a low around 39. Right now it's in the high 30s. 
and overcast. Well, a small Chinese satellite captured images of a large area around a U.S. city that would be sharp enough to identify a military vehicle on the street and tell you what type of weapon it might be carrying, according to scientists reporting on the breakthrough. Beijing 3, a small commercial satellite launched by China in June, performed an in-depth scan of the core area of the San Francisco Bay. Most Earth observation satellites must be stable when taking images because attitude control mechanisms can produce vibrations that blur the images. According to the South China Morning Post, the satellite can take images while rotating at up to 10 degrees per second, a speed not seen on a satellite before. Coupled with an AI on board, the satellite can monitor up to 500 areas of interest around the globe with nearly 100 revisits a day. Well, China's also launched three warships in one day on Christmas Eve in a show of strength as they were among some of the most advanced ships in the country. Beijing will keep one of the ships for its own navy, while the other two will go to Thailand and Pakistan, respectively. Thailand will take a 071E landing platform dock that it ordered in September of 2019, while Pakistan and China each have received a Type 054 Frigate. The boats were launched at a shipbuilding yard near Shanghai on Christmas Eve. The Pentagon says that China has the world's largest navy and is preparing to launch a new high-tech aircraft carrier by February. Well, let's take a look at your wallets. U.S. stock benchmarks finished higher Monday as consumer spending during the holidays and gains in technology and energy shares helped push the S&P to 500 record. The S&P 500 to records. Equity indexes booked gains even as travel-related names slumped after surging COVID-19 cases triggered hundreds of U.S. flights to be scrapped over the holiday weekend. S&P 500 rose a, a little bit over 1.4 percent to a record of just under 4,800. The Dow Jones Industrial Average climbed about 1% to end at a little over 36,300, the fourth highest close ever. The Nasdaq Composite climbed 1.4%, closing at just under 15,900. Asian shares are mixed today as optimism set up by Wall Street's rally was dampened by concerns over the potential impact of the Omicron variant. Well, grocery shopping is going to get a little more expensive, so you know, get as much mac and cheese now as you can. A new report says a fresh wave of supermarket price hikes is expected to begin in January, raising prices anywhere from 2% to 20% on a slew of staples including pasta, condiments, soups, cookies, produce, dairy products, and meats. According to the Wall Street Journal, the inflation rate of 6.8% as of November, the highest rate increase in 39 years, shows no signs of slowing down with food manufacturers preparing to raise their prices once again. Persistent supply chain disruptions and increasing labor costs are a major factor in the increases. Kraft Heinz, you know, they make the best ketchup, which makes Ostermeyer lunch meats as well, Kraft macaroni and cheese, and jello pudding. Oh, my goodness. Told retailers it is planning to raise prices on some items by as much as 20%. Well, this sounds pretty wild and maybe a little bit scary. Researchers say that China has developed a artificial intelligence prosecutor that can charge people with crimes with more than 97% accuracy. The dystopian machine can identify dissent against the state and suggest sentences for supposed criminals removing people from the prosecution process. There is already fears that the system could be weaponized by China with human prosecutors concerned about who would take responsibility for the AI's decisions. The project's lead scientist says the AI would allow human prosecutors to ease their workload and allow them to only focus on the more complex cases. The system can run on a standard desktop computer and would press charges based on a thousand traits from the human-generated case description text. 
Well, Mayor de Blasio says New York City's hospitalization rate more than doubled during the past two weeks with the number of patients suspected of suffering from COVID-19 spiking intensely. The most recent data showed the seven-day average number of people hospitalized per 1,000, 100,000 hit 3.7 on Christmas Day, up from fewer than 1.5 on December 12th, according to a chart the mayor displayed during a remote briefing at City Hall. De Blasio said just under 300 patients in hospital beds were believed to be infected with the coronavirus amid the ongoing spread of the highly transmissible Omicron variant. De Blasio also said the latest daily report showed just over 17,300 new positive test results in the city, which he called a, quote, staggering figure that you should serve as a powerful reminder once again to get everyone vaccinated, everyone boosted as quickly as possible. Despite the numbers... De Blasio remained optimistic. Our hospitals are doing remarkably well. We have real challenges, but what's striking is how different, thank God, how different the Omicron experience is than even last winter, let alone uh, the spring of 2020. So definitely some pressure on our hospitals, uh, definitely a challenge, but much different than what we experienced in the past in terms of the impact it's having on people. Our hospitals are holding it together here in the city, and God bless everyone, all our healthcare heroes who are doing that work. Governor Kathy Hochul says statewide hospitalization surged 11 percent in just one day from just over 40, 4,800 on Christmas to 5,500 on Sunday. Hospitalizations among children have also doubled throughout the state and increased fivefold in the city. The state saw just over 26,700 people test positive for the virus on Monday, but Hochul expects that the number to rise as more people get tested following the holiday. New York health officials are now urging parents to get their children vaccinated. Here is Governor Hochul. With respect to our young people, parents, I'm calling on you. This is the time you have the kids home from school. There's plenty of vaccination opportunities from your pediatrician to a site set up by the state of New York, uh, our urgent care centers, so many places, drugstores, where you can go get your child vaccinated before they get back to school. Please do this for them. We've Now we know that uh, children 11 to 4, uh, I'm sorry, 5 to 11-year-olds, using this time to get this done is really smart. Meanwhile, the city on Monday imposed its vaccine mandate for all private sector employees and will now require all children 12 and older to show proof of vaccines to eat inside restaurants and go to movie theaters. Omer de Blasio is still planning on holding a scaled-down New Year's Eve ball drop as well. De Blasio's sweeping mandate requiring nearly all private sector businesses to ban unvaccinated employees from the workplace has taken effect amid a spike in infections. Workers at roughly 184,000 businesses were required to show proof that they received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine yesterday, just before, just days before de Blasio leaves office. Here's de Blasio on MSNBC. We got to get out of the COVID era. Uh, today, historic day for New York City, we're implementing the strongest vaccine mandate in the country, all private sector employers today. This is what we need to do everywhere. Every mayor, every governor, every CEO in America should do vaccine mandates now because we have got to. 2022 has to be a year we leave COVID behind. If we're going to fix public safety, we actually have to first get out of the COVID era. The new rules raise concerns of further worker shortages, even as scores of businesses in the city shudder due to staff outbreaks or exposure. Businesses that don't comply could face fines starting at $1,000 under the order, but de Blasio has said imposing penalties will be a last resort. The sweeping order provoked the ire of de Blasio's successor, Mayor-elect Eric Adams, who takes office on January 1st, called the 11th hour imposition of the rule a big F.U. to his incoming administration.
Well, it's just about 5.57. You know what that means. Brandy Scott's got your traffic and transit. Well, we've got a problem spot now in New Jersey, 78 eastbound, a crash on the ramp to 287 in Bedminster. Traffic is only getting by on the shoulder. That's causing some solid exiting delays. Still have that broken down tractor trailer on the Turnpike Westerns for southbound. He's in the right lane by 1 and 9, just a little bit slow there, approaching 15E in Newark. Still nice and quiet if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Holland. Stall on the BQE westbound in the left lane by Flushing Avenue, hitting the brakes there from the Williamsburg bridge after that not too bad heading over to atlantic avenue accident on the southern state westbound blocking two lanes by 106 in hempstead heavy delays go back to the wanta this report is sponsored by upsjobs.com dear team ups you did it again you did the early mornings and the night shifts you did it for your family and community you delivered everything from birthday gifts and life-saving vaccines thank you to each and every ups sir i'm brandy scott on talk radio 77 wab Brandy Scott, thank you very much. Well, let's take one last look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Increasing clouds this morning with a high near 51. Tonight, some rain will be likely mainly after about 7 o'clock. Cloudy with a low around 39. Right now, it's about 36 and overcast. Well, the CDC Monday said it was investigating nearly 70 cruise ships after reports of COVID-19 cases on board as the Omicron variant upended holiday travel over the Christmas weekend. CDC said COVID-19 cases on 68 ships had met its threshold for an investigation. Although the government organization didn't name any specific cruise lines, Carnival and Royal Caribbean shares were trading down 1.9% and 2.3% respectively in the early afternoon. Well, pioneering biologist, environmental activist, and Pulitzer Prize-winning author Edward O. Wilson died over the weekend at the age of 92. The influential Harvard professor first made his name in studying ants, and he was often known as the Ant-Man. All right, it looks like I'm just about out of time. Thank you for being with me for 77 WABC Early News. I will definitely see you tomorrow.